Hello, Ellen. Hey, Mark. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Welcome, everybody. I don't know about you, Mark. I'm having a week. <laughs> well, I feel like I've already had two weeks this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you big time. Um, so, you know, right, let, let's get right to it. You know, some of what I've been thinking about for this week was kind of inspired by something that we, we talked about a couple of weeks back, and that was the unhappy path. Okay. So we, we had a great session on that. We actually got a lot of really good feedback from people about that episode. And some of the feedback that we got discussed a method for how to deal with the unhappy path from a designer's perspective. And I feel like I want to talk about that perspective and talk about some of these ideas. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about the design characteristics of it because they're, they're very talented voice designers that are working on things like this. But it raises some interesting questions about how we can develop for it. And we've, right. we've touched on some of these before, but I think this is a good one to kind of go into details about. Okay. Make sense to you? Yeah, that sounds good. So the, the general idea is that we, and we've kind of touched on this before, that users coming into our skiller action will have a certain level of experience or a certain level of, of problems. So right. you know, we'll have the newcomer user who will need just a, you know, a little bit of handholding and nudging. We'll have the expert users who have been there multiple times and who know what's going on. And we'll have users that even if they've been there may have trouble, they may be struggling with it. All right. So we're talking about like a scale of three or maybe a scale of five. I, I think the example that I saw was a scale of five, where you okay. would you would enter in as a three. The experts would would eventually get promoted to a five. People having problems would get demoted to a one. And one of the things to emphasize is that this does not depend on how many times you visit it, which is something that you and I have discussed as well a few times, actually. Right. But instead, this score depends on how you react at each level. So the more you use it and the more you use it correctly, your score will go up and therefore the shorter your prompts can be. Okay. But the more you struggle, the lower your score goes and the longer your prompts will end up being. And if you're a, an average user, you know, you'll, you'll keep bouncing around in the middle. And eventually you'll, you'll make it up to expert mode possibly, or, or you won't if you're yeah. continuously struggling. So kind of keep that general framework in mind that there needs to be something that increases and decreases the score based on some metric. And there needs to be some way of prompting people based on that score. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and again, it could be, you know, eventually when you, if you did this for real, it might be between one and a hundred and you might break it up into five levels. Okay. I, I don't want to get too, too in the, the dirt about details, but that's kind of the framework that somehow we've got a formula that breaks people down into five groups. And based on those five groups, we'll be giving them additional either handholding or feedback or whatever. Okay. So I think based on that, we can kind of break it down into 
So, so, so first of all, when this was demonstrated, it was demonstrated using voice flow. So every possible response was a separate node in voice flow, which I can get it. You know, I, I can understand why you diagram it that way if you're trying to just get a, a broad comprehension of it. Right. But I think it's a poor way to implement it for real. Uh, you have more. You definitely have more options with with code. Uh, I, I, there might even be more options with with voice flow for those that are um, pros at that, right? Right. And and this was was purely for demonstration purposes. This was something that the was being done just to kind of illustrate the point and make it clear. It was definitely a demo. This was not production code that that was being floated around. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's just really good to get something out there. Um, that, that kind of proves out a concept and see, you know, is this viable? Does this work? You know, places where you can tweak things. And um, certainly it's the sort of thing where you could start doing usability tests on it first. Just oh, yeah, definitely. Before you start coding anything. Um, so all of that I could understand. But as we got into coding it, I was, you know, thinking about it. And I was kind of thinking, we kind of break it into, I think it was two parts, basically. We want some chunk of code that will increase and decrease the score and manage the score and store this score somewhere and, and handle right. it. And then some way to vary our responses at each stage based on that score. And I don't know, maybe there, maybe as we talk about this some more, there are some things that there are other aspects to it, mm -hmm. but I think those are the two big aspects. Okay. That sounds, um, Sounds like an interesting problem to solve. Um, so we'd have to figure out like what were the actions or events that would trigger an increase in score and what would uh, trigger a decrease in score? Well, I certainly think one of the things that triggers a decrease in score would be things like a no match, um, possibly things like a no input. Okay. Maybe even customized no matches so that if we recognize they're they're asking certain questions in places where it doesn't make sense, yep. um, we may want to lower the score. Um, on the other hand, if if we have an agent that is meant to be a little bit playful, we may want to ignore certain inputs or certain no inputs just because yeah. you know we don't want to automatically lower a score because the the user made a, a flippant comment. Like, yeah. Well, that seems silly. Or you know, uh, there you can imagine reactions where that the user would say that we want to kind of treat as neutral. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And and uh, using Alexa terminology, then you'd be uh, we're talking about the fallback intent. We're talking about uh, at least in the Jovo implementation, if you're using things that are inside of a specific state, like if you're asking a question and you kind of want to constrain out of the whole world of intents that are possible, just those that make sense in that specific context or for that question, uh, then there's an unhandled um, handler um, that you can uh, use. And so there are there are ways, or you can even create intents like we had talked about where um, it's not something that's that you're gonna really necessarily respond to. You might treat it just like or similar to, um, to a an unhandled or a fallback yeah but you're really actually capturing it, but then, and maybe you're getting some statistics on, on what people have said. So, you know, you can increase your functionality in the future. You don't want to necessarily penalize somebody for 
for expecting your skill or action to do something that it doesn't quite do yet. It will in version two uh, potentially. Right. So I, I see what you're saying there. Right. So certainly, you know, so certainly the, the no match, the fallbacks, those sorts of things would be the ones lowering the score, broadly right. speaking. Um, and I think on the other hand, raising the score might be issuing a command without prompting, you know, so if mm. they don't ask for help and they just, you know, issue a command straight away that matches, we might elevate them uh, by some means. So I think those are the sorts of things that would raise their score. Yeah. I like that. I, I like the idea of tying it to a completed action. Cause maybe there's a, a couple of conversation things. Think of it like, I guess in marketing terms, kind of like a funnel as you're, as you do things, you're trying to get them down to a point where they actually act on something. Mm -hmm. um, same type of thing. So, so maybe there's collecting information and there's, you know, maybe 10 things that your, you know, 10 main actions that your um, voice app does. So tie it to successfully completing an action saying, Hey, they've, they've been able to, you know, complete an order or they're able to ask for, you know, information. Uh, so that, that's one way I think, as opposed to like, did they just say this intent correctly without, you know, any, you know, that might be too hard to keep track of all of that. And yeah. it, may, it may not necessarily improve the score um, the way that you're thinking it would be as opposed to like tying it to the completion of an action. Yeah, no, I, I could easily see that if, you know, every time they say something good, their score bumps up, they get bumped up really quickly. Yeah. And then, you know, as soon as they say something that didn't match, they'd suddenly go plummeting down really quickly. So, you know... You, you want to keep them at the right place all the time. Yeah. But again, I sort of think of that, well, that's the designer's problem. You know, <laughs> they, they need, you know, it's our job to figure out how to do it, not exactly when to do it. Well, it's interesting because you might even choose to say, during this session, I'm collecting information that's going to affect the score, but then don't actually increase the score until the end of the session or the beginning of the next session. So that, you know. That's an interesting are, thought. Yeah, so so give it a little bit of a buffer of time, uh, potentially. Well, and one of the things we've you and I have also talked about in the past is do we make assumptions that a person you know if a person uses us daily, we can rely on that score being the same from day to day. But if they don't use us for six months, do we automatically decrease their score? Yeah, it's a, it's maybe. a good question. Yeah, but maybe. again, I you know. I'd leave that to the designers. The question then comes to us, well, what do we need to store in our data structures? How do we handle that? So, so let's talk about, I guess, right off the bat, how do we handle increasing and decreasing the score, first of all? Let's assume the score is, it's stored in a database and we pull it out at the beginning of their session. Okay. And we'll magically somehow maintain it during the session. Let's yeah. leave to the side for the moment how. Okay. Um, so I guess part of, you know, how, how would we at no match events in a, in a generic way, decrease the score? And how would we know when we've completed an action note to increase the score? What kind of hooks do we have in, in Jovo and in ASK mm -hmm. and in the various, uh, you know, other libraries that we have at our control? Yeah, so there's, you know, a lot of times it's, it might be as simple as just keeping different counters. Um, so like if I, 
<clears throat> a lot of times, um, if I'm completing some sort of an action, at least what I, with the, the business apps that I'm working with, is um, that there's an API call, either submitting something. So that seems like a logical place where a counter would be incremented that, hey, I, I did this action um, because you're already making a call to the API. So you know that everything's happened to the point where the thing is happening or, or maybe it's uh, a, an API call getting a list of things back. Uh, so I think there are some different places and maybe uh, a good first look would be where are we making API calls to get or set data for whatever the main core functionality of, of our voice app is. Yeah, that makes sense. I know one of the things that, and, and you know, tying that to a lot of the business logic that we're designing, I know one of the things that I was thinking about in, in implementing this with, um, with multivocal is that lots of things don't necessarily need business logic handlers to it. All we're doing is, is storing data at some phase. Right. So it might be that we change our default handler to oh, recognize yeah. the fact that when we are in certain states and those states might be a naming convention, it might be a list that we've compiled somewhere yep. to, to one way or another check what state we're in and increment or decrement the counter appropriately. So for example, one of the conventions, there's a um, multivocal as a notion of what's called an outtent. Okay. And that's just what, what pattern do we use to reply with? So, you know, tie it to something like, well, if, if the outtent starts with error, decrement it by one. If it oh. starts with okay or good or whatever, increment it by one and otherwise leave it neutral. Um, yeah. that, that's purely convention, but it's a convention that we can follow that's also really obvious to us what state we end up in and how that, imp how that affects the counter and how we reply based on it. And we'll get to the right. replying part next. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, you know, and I, I feel like that's the sort of thing where we want to put that logic in as few places as possible. Right. Because otherwise it means managing it in a lot of places. Yeah. So I, when I, uh, this is in, in some ways, this is, is kind of a gamification um, aspect. And so like in a game, I, I would have a some central class called the, you know, the game object and that would get passed around to different things. And I would have methods that would increase counters or you know, increase score, decrease score. So you could hide a lot of the different logic behind it. You could add methods that say, I'm, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then behind the scenes in there, it could be changing the score and that logic's all separate from um, you know, your, your handlers. You just know that in this, this particular spot, I'm going to call this method on the game object and that's going to affect the score at some point and or, or in some way, potentially. Right. And so um, that's a nice way of, you know, in kind of encapsulating that. And then you have a lot less code throughout your, your, your actual handlers. Um, no, definitely agree. Kind of got I, all in one spot. I think as much as possible, you don't want to code these to specific handlers. Yeah. If any, you know, at 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 worst, if you need to make it that all of the handlers, as one of their final acts, calls increase score or decrease score, and that's yeah. just part of what you're returning. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So I think all of these are, you know, and possibly as part of those functions as well, it doesn't just adjust the score, but then saves that somewhere. You know, certainly yep. saves it in a session object, possibly saves it to a database in whatever the most appropriate fashion is. Agree. So once we have a score, we then get to the, well, how do we change our response based on a score? And sometimes you don't need to change your response. You know, if, if you're just yeah. helping the user out and um, they've, they've done something well and it's increased their score, you don't necessarily need to say, great job, you've earned a point. And, yeah. you know, you, you don't need to do that. Um, whereas usually you'll be decreasing scores when they've already done something wrong. So you need to possibly adjust based on that feedback. Um, so there's, certainly there are times that, however, when you need to adjust what your response is going to be. And I know, and I've only said that, you know, I've said this a dozen times about multivocal is we've got multivocal levels that we can work with for that. Yep. Um, so that, you know, basically you set up the formula, you can set up the formula once that determines the level based on your score. Mm -hmm. And then just for in your configuration, set each response based on that score that gets generated based on that level. Right. Um, and I know when you were talking about I-18 Next, uh, there were similar characteristics there. Yeah, there's something uh, that's called a context. So you could um, have whatever your, your string value is going to be underscore and then some string, which is a context. And then when you're asking for it, you're asking for the first part before the underscore, and then you pass in the context. And so that's the same thing. You could have your responses be, you know, L1, L2, L3, you know, for level one, level two, level three, um, as the different contexts. And so then you would know all throughout your, your, your code that there were, you know, separate, different contexts involved. And then you, you would just, just before you were to make that call, you would pass um, to this I-18 next option, an object that has what the context is, is L1. So whatever the response is going to be, is going to come back as L1. So, so again, so similar, it's kind of similar, I, yeah. I, I think. Um, I, I am curious about multivocal. Like if if we had five levels, but maybe we only had one through three defined, and the level was five, would it pick up three and use that as the default? Or it would go to no. It would well, no. It would go to okay. So the answer is it depends on how you configure it. Okay. Um, if if we do a straight the the one through five ranking to mm -hmm. level then no, it would, it looks for an exact match. And if it doesn't find that exact match, it uses a default, a default one. zero or nothing. So if, if I had um, responses that were called uh, error.mistake.one, error.mistake.two, error.mistake.three, there would also be an error.mistake, which is the default one okay. without a level. All right. But if I wanted to map it to three, then what I would do is I'd, I'd put in a level function that looked at this value and said, uh, if this value is one, the level is one. If the value is two, the level is two. If the value is three or higher, then it's three. So I can, I can just write the function that way as part of the configuration. Okay, so you have some flexibility there. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I, I think that kind of covers that side of it. I, I think that, I mean, did, did we cover it basically? Yeah, I, I'm, 
I'm not thinking of anything new. I, yeah. What was interesting, because we've talked about this topic before, but we've kind of talked about it mostly in the context of, well, how, how often you've used, you know, how many sessions you've had with the skill and how much time has been, happened since the last time. We did talk a little bit about um, being able to identify each intent and say, you know, how many times have you used this, intent, this intent versus right. another intent and kind of the same type of thing, like how long has it been since the last time you used this intent? Um, I think what's was ingenious and, and you know clever about this idea is is this idea of an overall score, and then and using that and kind of this you know game behind the scenes um, thing that's happening that the the responses are based on a score which is you know translates to some sort of a level. Yep. So, uh, I, and I I think the interesting element to this is that that score depends on which intents you hit. Right. So if, if you're hitting error intents, your score goes down. If you're hitting completion intents, your score goes up. Right. So it's 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 finding the right place to put those hooks into those intent handlers rather than just keeping generic counters. Right. Also, I think also I think when we talked about counters, we're usually talking about numbers that keep increasing. Yeah. Here's a case where a number can decrease. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, is uh, as well, though, is that you can then go to the next level and be complicated as well as with things going up and down. There's no reason why the score couldn't also then be modified based on how many times you've used an intent or how much time has gone by since the last time you've used the, the action or skill. Sure. So you can get as complicated and you know fancy as you want with your algorithm, whatever makes sense for what you're doing. And again, I think, you know, it, it then comes to us to say, well, okay, where do we implement that? Do we implement that in the, the, the welcome intent handler? Do we implement this as you know, something that is always called as part of a middleware level that right. might exist? Or what, what multivocal calls a builder? Um, where, where's the right place to put this? Where do we get that information? You know, so it's, it mostly boils down to, do we have this in our, our storage about this user? So, it's, it's, it's an interesting idea, and I think there are different ways to tackle the same problem, but it's a good good idea and concept to have in your toolbox um, yep. as you're talking about things. Um, because over time, hopefully, um, our ability to write skills improves and our ability to adapt or personalize those uh, skills or actions to, um, to our user is going to really... Uh, you know, dramatically improve the the quality um, and the, the usefulness in the eyes of the, of those that are using it. Right, and I think as as designers get a better understanding on how people are using our our skills and actions, we're going to see more of that coming. You know, more of that kind of customization coming out. The other thing, though, I think we also need to be aware of as we do this is to be careful about hard coding stuff too much. Yep. Because you know you, you know that six months down the road, after the the designers look at all the stats and they say, well, you know, maybe we need to make that seven levels, and you know, increase it in, in these ways. Yep. Well, okay. If we hard coded five, we're now in trouble. So <laughs> I, I I think we need to make sure we're aware that the tailoring is going to change over time as we get a better understanding of our users, the designers are going to want to change and improve things. Right. And we can't be too rigid. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting though, that, you know, the more that we talk about this, it seems like there's enough stuff there 
that this could be its own library or framework that absolutely you, could, you know definitely tease out these concepts and do it in a generic enough and flexible enough way that then you could plug it into uh, multiple different projects or games. Yep. Well, I, like I said, that's what I, one of the things I hope I've done with multivocal for this. Um, but I definitely think that some of the concepts that we're talking about, how we implement them, I do anticipate seeing, you know, libraries coming up out of this. You know, we've yep. talked about how to do error recovery in general in the past. And I think we need better tools to do that. We're slowly seeing some better tools. We're not, you know, slowly seeing some of that on the library side of things. I think we're gonna see more. And I'm, yeah. you know, we've we've listened to what Andrew is doing and he's very much in the, we need these sorts of things as libraries. And he's working hard to, to standardize some of those libraries. Yeah. So we're looking, you know, once again, a shout out to Andrew. Um, but we're looking forward to, to hearing what people have to say about how do we codify these things? What do libraries that do these sorts of things look like? Um, and how do we make it available for, for all developers? And what, would you, what, what else would you want in a library that does this sort of thing? Um, I would like a multi-vocal type library that works on Alexa. We'll discuss that soon, because I, I do too. But we'll discuss <laughs> it soon. All right. Sounds good. Well, I think that's, it's been a great topic. I've really enjoyed just exploring uh, this and kind of pulling it apart and putting it back together and just um, shout out. Thanks. Uh, some of these um, ideas that we talk about uh, are definitely comes from other of our friends in the voice community or on thing, you know, places like uh, voice lunch. So um, thanks a big thanks actually for this fun conversation that we've had. Yep. We always appreciate your feedback. You know, again, it can turn into another show. So. Uh... We welcome your thoughts, your feedback, your comments, and your insights. And uh, we hope to share them another time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, everybody. Take care. Have a good week, Mark. Yeah, thanks. You too.